For the love of fall, Starbucks pumpkin spice lattes and pumpkin cream cold brews are back. Smooth espresso dashed with pumpkin pie spice and velvety whipped cream. Or cold brew topped with pumpkin cream cold foam fit for the season. Your pumpkin awaits. Order today in the Starbucks app. Ready for the interview, and if you get a cue live on the laptop, watch what I'm gonna do. Welcome to the show, let them know we got a point of view. Hey, yo, let's have a combo. Say what you feel, be real, that's the motto. Real talk, pronto, doctor, DPHD, hit the intro. Hold up, wait, gotta be social, network, global, a home for the local. Gotta be social, network, global, a home for the local. How are you today? I am fantastic. I am so happy to be here. For whatever reason, I woke up this morning thinking today was Friday. So like that's the only negative that I have right now, but I'm happy. It's a great day. I'm so happy to be here. Now, you know that a jump from Tuesday to Friday, that's a big jump. It is a big jump. So (laughs) we'll see how the rest of the week goes. But right now I'm surviving. You are surviving. Before we jump into it, I was like pulled in by your name, Boston. Okay, why? Okay, your parents, somebody named you Boston. What's the story behind it? Yeah, it's it's been really funny because it's it's just a family nickname. Like my parents had no idea what to name me. And um, they actually thought that I was a boy going up to the day that I was born. So they had all of these boy names picked out and had absolutely no idea. And they were just kind of like spitballing some names with the nurses um, and kind of settled on Boston as a nickname. It's not my legal name. I will tell you that secret now that it's no longer a secret. Now you got a secret. Um, <laughs> but if you guys know something about me and my, my nickname is Boston, I have family friends that call me Boston. And I just really went with it when it went with photography when I was growing my business. And now there's hundreds no I'm not gonna say hundreds there's a lot of people that call me Boston Um, but it's just a family nickname that just started because they had no idea what to name me Um, and it just kind of stuck with me my whole life wow yeah it's it's pretty cool I was like man I don't think I know anybody named Boston yeah yeah not common (laughs) it's it's very unique which I love because it's helped I think people remember who I am. So when they're looking up like concert photographer, Boston, they're like, like, yes, you get concert photographers in Boston, but (laughs) like, I will also come up in that search and it's easy for people to remember. So that's why I, I love it. I I love using it as my name. I love people calling my me Boston. So I love it. Amazing. It's amazing. So speaking of concert photography, that is what pulled me in big time because I mean like I've had so many different topics on the show but like not this one definitely not this one and I wanted to learn about it and ultimately I think the audience they want to learn about different things that maybe that's not part of their lives and so concert photography how when where how did this happen yeah yeah I think that to kind of sidetrack for a second I think that people are obsessed with the idea of this as a job because every time you go to a concert like everyone has their phones out everyone wants to take a photo they want to share a photo or a video um, of them like really enjoying that moment so it's exciting for fans of music to just be there and take photos with your own you know your own phone 
And I think that people have been really, really drawn to this as an opportunity for a career. Um, in the past few years, I've really seen a lot more people get into it and get really excited about it. And I got into it about seven years ago. Um, my background into it was kind of interesting because I, I never saw it as like a job or something that I was actively trying to get into. What happened was, is I moved to New York City when I was in my early 20s. And I was in a long distance relationship at the time, and I had no friends in New York. So I was just honestly lonely. So mm -hmm. I would go to concerts all of my all the time. That was like my nights and weekends. I was just like, you know what? I don't have friends, but it doesn't matter because I can go to a concert and be around people, you know, make small talk, chat, everything that was really exciting for me. And it kind of filled that void of not having friends as sad as that sounds, but it was, it was honestly fantastic. But when I was at all of these concerts, I was starting to recognize some of these photographers that would come in and be at the front of the show. And I'm like watching them, watching their cameras and everything. And I was always kind of interested in photography, but never picked it up. Um, and I had a few friends that were photographers. So I reached out to them. I was like, look, I know you do photography. I've seen a whole bunch of people doing great concert photography at these concerts I'm going to. I want to do that. And all of my photographer friends are like, well, I don't do concert photography, have no idea what you're talking about, but here's what I can tell you about photography. So I had a handful of photographer friends that really helped me pick out the right camera, learn the basics, understand what's going on so I could actually show up to a show and shoot. And then the rest was just me buying my own tickets hassling mm. these clubs to be like, can I come in with my camera? Can I shoot your band? And like finding who's playing certain nights and like emailing them saying like, hey, I'm trying to learn concert photography. Can I come shoot your show? And getting a lot of emails just like, yeah, sure. Or a lot of venues saying, yeah, whatever you want to do, as long as you <laughs> buy a ticket and buy beers, like we're making money. We don't care if you photograph yeah. the show. Um, and really made my way in there. Um, I always say there's a little bit of a caveat here of I wanted to go to shows alone and there's always creepy old men at shows and with concert yeah. photography for the most part you're in a barrier up at the front so it was a great way for me to escape the creepy old men at shows <laughs> um, and really enjoy the show but I I just kind of learned from the ground up I had no mentors um, outside of like my photography friends that were like really just teaching me the basics of photography. I didn't know anything about music photography, how to get yeah. into it, what was needed um, and how to communicate with people. I just kind of was winging it and figuring it out um, and just grew from there and really fell in love with it. I still personally consider music photography a hobby and the reason that I do say that is I work professionally as a music photographer make money off of it I probably spend a lot more than 40 hours into it mm -hmm. but I also work a day job so like I want to have a creative outlet um, and concert photography is that for me so I don't tour 
but I recommend other people to go on tours um, if someone talks to me about that. And I just do local shows. I'm based in Los Angeles and nights and weekends are my jam. I come out and photograph people, mostly local bands and help them kind of grow, get whatever they need for their singles, their releases and all of that. Um, and I feel like I'm going on and on, but I just, (laughs) I really love it. And it's a great creative outlet. You're working with creative people constantly, and it's just so much fun to be around these people. So I've, I really, really loved it. And it's such a unique experience to be front and center at a stage, really, really close to people who are like idols of yours and being able to photograph them. It's fantastic. So what's, how do you set up the shots? Like, I'm interested, like you're there in this barrier and stuff. Like what's the process that you get into to get the shots that you want? Yeah. So there's, there's kind of a lot that goes into it. First, um, it kind of depends on like the gear that you have and what you can do with it. Um, because for example, all of the clubs and I would say most of the clubs I shoot at are very dark. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's really a struggle to get the correct photo and correct lighting because it's dark and most venues do not let you use flash. And it's Mm. also really distracting for, um, people watching the shows and obviously the musicians, if you're shooting and the flash is going off each time. So you really have to learn your gear to make sure that first of all, you capture something that is a viable photo, I'll say. Um, But when it comes to the posing, I I feel almost like, I think the best way to describe it is like a chameleon. You know how they have like one eye that's looking way over here Mm -hmm. and one eye that's looking way over there. I feel like I'm constantly doing that in shows because you need to watch what's going on on stage kind of um, understand what the next steps are going to be for that band, what they're going to do. And then also have like one eye in the viewfinder of your camera to frame that uh, perfectly. I really love horizontal photos. Almost everything I shoot, mm. I think is uh, landscape horizontal. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of really just focus on the movement of certain actions and try and get that at the peak. So if someone's like, you know, throwing a fist up in the air to really like capture that moment as that action is happening and just frame it in a way where I'm capturing the whole scene. I like to shoot very wide so I can capture a whole moment. Um, But at the same time, I really like shooting portraits um, Mm. where I'm like focused on the face and the facial expression. So I do a little bit of both. But really, at the end of the day, for me, it's just making sure you have a viable photo. So that's all of your photography settings. And then um, making sure that you tell a story within that framing of your picture to have it show what's going on, show that moment, show that experience on stage. And I do that by just like capturing that action in a wide shot so you can see everything that's kind of happening around it. Interesting. I love the process of things. That's why I felt like that's why I wanted to ask that. But is there ever a moment when you're like up there and you're like, I shouldn't be shooting this. Like, I just want to see this with my own eyes. I think that as a fan of whatever bands you're photographing, um, I think that happens. 
Um, there's kind of a back and forth in this industry of like, when you're working, you're not a fan. And I, yeah. I get that, but there's a lot of people that are out here working with publications um, that aren't on like these huge rigid time schedules and professional levels, I'll say. So I think for you to like, you know, take five seconds and just put your camera lower and just like look up at the band that you're shooting and take that moment in. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. I have this story um, that I got to photograph Tom Petty a few years back. Oh, it was nice. right before he passed. I actually have a poster of him right here um, behind me because it was one of my favorite moments. Um, but that was a <laughs> show that was a huge fan. And I came into that venue where I, there was a little bit of space where I was completely alone. There was no one around me. And I took a moment in one of the songs just to like look up at him and kind of like do a little dance because I was having such a good time. And um, I will always remember that moment. And a lot of people say that's unprofessional. I wasn't in anyone's huh. way. I wasn't blocking anyone or doing anything that was, you know, outside of the rules. I was just taking a little five second moment for myself. And I kind of like encourage that at the end of the day, you want to enjoy your job. So yeah. if you're doing this as a job, like oh, you should probably enjoy the band that you're shooting <laughs> and like enjoy those little moments. Um, but it's just really funny because I have had a lot of those moments where, you know, I've just like sat there and like, oh my gosh, I'm getting to photograph this band. And that happened a lot when I first started that I was getting to, uh, photograph some of these like bigger names and A-list, um, bands. I was just like, holy crap, I'm photographing the Foo Fighters right now. Yeah. Like, I can't believe this. And then just like taking that little moment of recognition. But at the same time, I love being behind the camera and photographing that. So to watch it through the camera and really see what's happening and capture that at the same time, I really, really love it. But sometimes, yeah, you do need to take a second to yourself. Yeah. And sometimes that happens like right when you leave and you're walking out of the photo pit and you just turn around and like right at the because you you're normally there for three songs okay. uh, the first three songs of each set so they kind of usher you out at the end of the three songs and sometimes I get to the gate and I'm out with the rest of the crowd and just turn around and look back and yeah. just like I just I just photographed three songs I was just there for three songs and had such a great time and just like recognize that enjoy that moment and then get on to whatever else you need to do but I always yeah. love those moments it just made me think of like uh, one of my favorite movies I think it's called the life of Walter Mitty or something to that effect mm. it's a really good movie Ben uh, Stiller is in the movie and Sean Penn okay and there's they make they make this make sense anyways Sean Penn's a photographer and he for like time magazine gotcha and it just like I was like man this makes me think of this and Ben Stiller's character is trying to find all this meaning in his life. Mm. And he, he, he has to find this photo negative that Sean Penn sent. And he travels all over the world, Iceland, it's like Pakistan, all these places. And he goes up to the mountains and he finally sees Sean Penn. And he's trying to, he's basically trying to photograph this spotted snow leopard. 
Oh. And he's doing, he's he's looking in the camera and then he puts the camera down and Ben Stiller's character goes, why do you take the picture? He says, sometimes I just like to watch. I just, I don't want to take the picture. I just want to look at it. And, yeah. and then he says, you know, beautiful things never ask for attention all the time. Yeah. And I remember that that line has always stuck with me. And sometimes I think when you're watching something, it's like you put the camera down and you're like, I just want it just for me, for my yeah. eyes. Yeah. And that's a big thing that like I keep hearing about shows and people being at shows is like when you look at the crowd, everyone's looking through their phone. Yeah. Like recording it and putting it on Snapchat. And um, I I, I've definitely been in the place now where I don't do that when I'm at shows. If I'm going as a fan, maybe take like one or two pictures on my phone or like a video of part of a song that I really like. Mm -hmm. But to that point, I just put the phone down and really enjoy the moment. And when I'm in the photo pit and I'm photographing a band and I'm doing it professionally, legitimately, I do try to like, you know, take my photos, do that business and then get out there and then go enjoy the moment. Like go, go just sit back and watch for a little bit and take that time because like you're not going to remember watching a show through your phone. No, you're going to remember watching it and like being a part of the moment (laughs) and having people dance and joke and Mm -hmm. sing around beside you. So I kind of always try to remind the people that I'm with, I'm like, put your, put your phone down. It'll be, it'll be okay. (laughs) Well, yeah, you'll remember this. I promise you. So um, it's always like nice to have those moments and have those moments outside of screens for sure. Yeah. I think we have this like thing where we're like trying to document our lives constantly. Constantly. It's almost like a weird self-indulgent thing to like constantly document your life. Like, I know I'm not going to remember any of it. If it's not written down or if it's not, if it's not vid- recorded, it didn't happen or something, but it did. It's in your personal space. And sometimes I have a hard time with that. Like sometimes things are just for you and not for other people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I am the worst with social media um, <laughs> because what do you mean? I, like, I don't, I don't post all of the time and yeah. I have a hard time with that concept with being like, okay, documenting your life. Yeah. I have a lot of photos on my phone that I back up on my computer and that I have saved throughout the years because I want to remember them. Yes. And my personal archives for photos um, are pretty crazy. They're all like categorized by years. They're really mm-hmm. intense. There's like moments in there that I can like, I can go back and like actively look through those and see it like, you know, re-remember things and like go through and enjoy that experience. But the idea of taking that, putting it on social, uh, social media and documenting it for kind of like other people, I've always had a weird I don't know, feeling about some of it. I like, I used to post a lot. And then I really realized I was like, who, who is this for? Why am I (laughs) posting this? Like, is anyone actually getting enjoyment out of it? Is this just like me (laughs) trying to have like bragging rights of something that I'm doing every day? It's, 
I personally have like a weird feeling about it and yeah. I'm not saying that everyone shares the same feeling and I definitely follow a lot of people and influencers that post every day and I love seeing their posts but it just doesn't seem like it's for me so it's me kind either. of a weird mentality <laughs> yeah actually it's funny you said that because I I have felt that way since the beginning of social media I'm like yeah. I don't know like I grew up in the 80s and I'm like, I don't know, like in the nineties, like if I went somewhere and I told everybody, like, I just went out and said, Hey, I'm going to the movies. Does anybody want to know what I'm watching? Or is I, <laughs> I'm eating at this restaurant. Do you want to see a picture of what I ate today? Yeah. Like everybody yeah. would think you're crazy. They'd For be like, sure. What are you doing? Like, why that's your business. Keep it to yourself. You know, like, yeah. And it's almost like, and I don't know. I know a lot of people who document every day and I, they don't like it either, by the way. <laughs> they don't but you know what you get caught up in this machine of yeah. like people yeah. don't want to feel irrelevant and they feel like if i stop doing this will people continue to watch and follow me yeah there's a weird psychology behind that I yeah like, you know? and i think that like these days everyone everyone expects everyone to be an influencer and i feel like i'm getting really <laughs> off topic but like with no, tiktok right. and stuff like anyone can go viral yeah. with youtube anyone can go viral so it's like what expectations do you have as like a normal average person mm. to have like these certain following levels and whatnot yeah and i've definitely like had that battle on my own of being like okay this is a this is my photography instagram i want people to think i'm really cool really neat i'm doing all <laughs> these awesome things that they should follow me and then like get frustrated that i'm like below two thousand followers yeah and it's like uh, is does that really matter like no. as long as I'm getting clients I'm making my clients happy I have time for my friends I'm using social media as a way to have personal interactions mm -hmm. with people and have connections yeah. I was like should I should I really want a million followers <laughs> is that like you know part of my lifelong yeah. strategy is <laughs> it's just a weird mentality and everyone I feel like is so focused on we know influencers like everyone knows someone it seems like who's famous or has gone viral yeah. on a platform and if you're not one of those people then you're like why why haven't i gone viral yeah. why don't i have that many followers so it's a it's an interesting thing and like i grew up in the 90s and yeah. i vividly remember not having a computer and like exactly. going out and having I remember having my first digital camera that my grandma gave me and I still have it um it's hilarious the quality <laughs> is awful um but like taking pictures and not having anywhere to post them like I remember printing them Yes. And they're like grainy, you know, crappy digital photos, but printing them and like just putting them on my wall. And like that was yeah. that was me being like, here's here's the things that I'm doing. <laughs> like and it was just such a fun moment to have like those tangible photos and whatnot. Yeah. But it was something so personal. It wasn't like, hey, I'm taking these photos for you. Yeah. here is my content for you so growing up taking photos just for myself and not having that social media aspect of it I don't know maybe it really like 
through my mentality that now yeah, I'm like, oh, I take photos for me. I take photos for my clients. I take photos for the people that I'm working with. I don't take photos for social media, I'm not taking <laughs> photos for the masses. So it's just an interesting kind of topic when you add social media layered into it, um, because it's so like overwhelming and over encompassing yeah. it just takes over everything that we do as people it does we even think about let's make it relevant to like you're taking photos of bands not every band is going to be huge mm -hmm. it's just not going to happen so like so every band let's say every rock band you ever shot some of them will become the foo fighters or mm -hmm. they may be you too or whatever what van halen but that's actually not a lot of people that's not a lot of bands yeah. so this the idea that every band you see is going to be the biggest band that's such a false that's a false thing yeah there's, there's only enough space for certain bands become stratospheric or iconic or legendary you're not going to be pink floyd you know yeah <laughs> like, I, I love that. And I, uh, this is something that I've actually like talked to other people about mm -hmm. kind of similarly, but opposite okay. <laughs> is that, um, when I photograph bands, regardless of what level they're at, if it's their first gig, if it's their, you know, last gig and they're going into retirement or if they're getting huge or if they are huge, my photos and what I want to do for them is make them feel like rock stars. Yeah. Like I want them to look back at those photos and feel like, oh my gosh, I was on the top of the world. This is amazing. I look fantastic. Like all of like, I want them to feel the like best about themselves and be so powerful and happy. And to your point, not everyone will get to you know, Spotify's top 100, no, you know, okay. every week or whatever. And that's totally fine. But the thing that I can do for you is make you feel powerful, mm. make you feel awesome, make you feel loved, make your music feel loved, make you like really look like, you know, everyone at that show is having a great time and that you're doing the thing that you want to do. So like when I'm photographing someone, I'm like, regardless of where you're coming from and like what level you're at, I want to make you feel great. I want to make you feel like a rock star, regardless of the position that you're in. And I think that everyone, every band kind of deserves to feel that way Yeah. because you're, you're creating something so unique. Like everyone, everyone loves music. So when you're doing something so personal and like creating your own songs and getting up in front of people and getting up on stage, you're already, you know, jumping so many barriers of being really true to yourself and really yeah. opening yourself up for criticism and critique and whatnot. And I'm like, I just want to make you feel good. I just want you at the end of the day to look back at these photos and be like, I am so proud of me for doing that show. I am so proud of our band to get together and really like thrive, you know, that day. And I just want everyone to be proud of the work that they're doing and stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's really hard because it's like, sometimes in the music industry, you don't feel like you're making kind of like a spot for yourself that no mm. one's really listening to you. And I want you to be able to like, look at the photos that I give you and be like, someone got it someone liked yeah. our music someone was really happy about that and if i can make you feel that way then i did my job as a photographer that's amazing
That's true. I love the angle, like the philosophy that you have about nice. it. It's uh, it's funny. It's like you and I struggle with the same things. I feel yeah. like, and we have a very similar mindset about this. Um, as weird, you're saying, I'm like, man, I have these same thoughts. Man, <laughs> I, I have these same thoughts on a daily basis. <laughs> love it. Love it. You know, and it's good. Like when you hear somebody else thinking a thought that maybe you think, should I like be questioning this or like, I don't know. It's just, there's a synergy yeah. with that um, on the, and extending what we were talking about, like with bands, what's the best feedback you've gotten from a band? about your photography? That's a great question. Um, so I feel like there's been a few layers of this. Like I've had feedback from bands that in the editing process, they're like, this isn't the vibe that we're going for. And sitting down with them to really understand their vision and what they want as the final outcome of their photo and kind of learning to be able to like pivot and edit in a way or capture photos in a way that's unique to each band yeah um like if i'm shooting for myself um when i work with publications i would say i that's what I kind of consider shooting for myself. I edit them how I want to edit them. I capture what I want to capture. And then that goes out to the magazine or publication and they post it. But when I'm working with a band, like they have a vision of what they need or what they want. And a lot of the feedback that I've personally gotten is unique to each band saying like, this is actually what we need. Mm -hmm. um, and either like you missed the mark on it or can we change this this way? So I've gotten used to kind of over communicating about okay. certain things and trying to have those conversations and figure out all of that information up front so I don't go into it, you know, just capturing something for me. And then at the end of the day, the band's like, this isn't what I wanted at all. Yeah. So just really learning how to pivot my style to match each band, I think has been when I first started was a lot of the feedback that I got was just like, this is what we were actually looking for. And it was just a kind of vis vision mis mismatch. Wow. I really struggled through that one. Um, but having that mismatch there and just learning from that to change, to be better for each band that I was working with. Man, a lot of things are flowing through me right now about what I want to ask. <laughs> Interesting. All right. I've got to figure which question that came to me. I need to ask first here. All right, so, okay. What have you learned the most about yourself from photographing all of these bands? Ooh, that's a great one. Okay, so I, I think that I've learned and grown a lot through photography and also just like recognizing, I would say like my own personal flaws and my own like personal personality challenges. And what I'll say is, 
when I started doing more with photography, um, I got, and I openly talk about this too, um, that I, I feel like I got hot headed. I felt like I was like, why am I not getting these jobs? Mm -hmm. Why am I not going on tour with these kinds of bands? Why aren't people emailing me back when I ask about opportunities? Why am I not like this, that, and the other? And I feel like every once in a while people struggle with that, but that was something that like really hit me. And I kind of went through this phase where I had to step back and be like, what's wrong with me? Why am I so aggressive about this? And it was like, I was looking for everyone else to blame instead of myself. Mm -hmm. um, and with that, I started recognizing or like thinking of people as competition. So like every time I was in the pit with other photographers, I was starting to get like secluded where I like didn't want to talk to other people because I like was like, you're my competition. I, I'm not going to be friendly. It was just like, honestly, a really dark time for me. So for me to kind of go through that and learn <laughs> A, this is not who I am. This is not who I want to be. Um, and try and like change myself through that. It helped not only with photography, but with my, I would say my day job, my personal relationships, my friendships, just to have that moment of stepping back and being like, why am I so angry? Why am I mm -hmm. so competitive? Um, and from there, I actually like started a YouTube channel. I started a podcast to talk to other people, um, to hear what they have to say about music photography, their tips and all of that. And then also share the things that I knew about music photography, um, as a way of giving back. And that really, really changed my opinions and my feelings about everything. It was like a complete 180 pivot from, it's about me, me, I need to, I need to grow my career. I'm doing something awesome. I'm doing something great. Um, to, I want to help other people because there are these fantastic photographers out there. And if I can connect the loop between them and someone who's starting out and help you along that path, like I would love to do that because I have the time to do that. These amazing photographers who are out there touring and doing all yeah. of this stuff that I look up to, they don't necessarily have the time to sit down and make a YouTube video about how to start photographing your first show. So it was really, I think the biggest thing that I learned was just learning about myself, learning where I wanna be and how I wanna present myself in this industry and just kind of as a person to make sure I'm like, the happiest, healthiest version of me. And I know that sounds like really cliche, <laughs> but it was definitely a turning point for me that I, I just went through like this really weird time and had to kind of rope myself out of that hole and like mm. really dig myself out um, to learn to be better and then also be happier and figure out what path I'm on to not compare myself to others, yeah. to not get overly competitive, all of that stuff. So definitely a learning experience. Yeah. So you come here for the deep questions. That's yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm like, man, okay, this is going to be kind of an existential question here. <laughs> but, uh, I, I want maybe wonder too a little bit about what, what was your best moment or moments photographing a band? So I 
loved photographing Tom Petty. That was definitely a, a great experience for me. Um, I'm going to be very, um, I guess, weirdly gushy and romantic here for a second, but my right. boyfriend is also a musician. So being able to photograph him has always been a very fun experience, um, especially since we've been together for 10 years. So I've seen his progression through the first time that I photographed him to now. Um, and just seeing that growth is fantastic. And I, I really, really love that. So like every moment that I get to photograph him and I would also say, I, I really love watching local bands grow kind of similarly just to yeah. like have that start of a relationship with the band. And then if I, like catch up with them three years later and they're playing a sold out show like somewhere else that's huge love that I yeah, love seeing that and great. being able to photograph those moments seeing like this is where we were this is where we started out to now love that but there's you know there's so many people that I I had the honor to photograph that I just really really loved um and just too many to count to be honest yeah, but um yeah. or for me to list off but I've just been so honored with the bands I've been able to photograph and I just love seeing that growth and I love seeing musicians who love performing I feel like that's something that I've learned when I, <laughs> through this is yeah there's definitely musicians that get tired and like don't seem to enjoy being on stage anymore I was gonna add now when you said that I was like there's the next one right there I'm like yeah can like do you have such a fine you can tell like you're like they're phoning this in this yeah. isn't like they're not into it you know I would say I I see a lot more of people having bad days and I, I totally get that. I mean, yeah. like when you're, when you're this, you know, any level kind of like celebrity musician, everyone's expecting you to be exactly perfect on stage yeah. every single night. And you can kind of see it when, um, like at the halfway point of tours, I would say, and the end of tours, normally a lot of people get really happy at the end of the tours because they're like, okay, we're done. <laughs> or like, almost, it's, yeah. and like, sometimes there's like a joy and like, oh, it's been like rough, but like, this is really exciting and enjoyable. So it like fluctuates and everything, but there have been quite a few bands and musicians I've noticed that just like, aren't having it that day for whatever reason. And I don't say this in a negative way. I don't blame them. It's a tough job. It's exhausting. Um, but it's, it's definitely noticeable in photos sometimes I would say. <laughs> so sometimes I've had to like focus on like, okay, am I doing unique angles here? Like they're not giving me any movement or facial expressions. Yeah. Like, how, how do I pivot to like, make sure that these photos are really engaging. Um, and then there's bands that are kind of like blunt about it, that are just like legitimately having a bad day and will not allow photographers. Oh. And it's, it's kind of frustrating because people will complain about this a lot in the industry saying like, Hey, I got, you know, I found out that this show was not allowing photographers 
um, two hours before the show. And I was already there with all my gear and like, obviously that's upsetting. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, it's their call whether or not they want photos of them that day. And it could be for all various reasons. So it's like, look, if someone's having a bad day or if they have like a really bad zit, like, <laughs> are, are they going to want photos, you know? So it's just kind of interesting to like respect those boundaries. Like these are people at the end of the day, don't, don't act like they're not that they're yeah. you know robots doing the same thing over and over again they're going to give the same energy every time um but also learning to be flexible in this industry i think is really important i cannot tell you how many times i have been approved for a show at the time that the doors are open so like i need to grab all my gear and rush out to go photograph a show or you know, I'm at a festival and they're like, actually, we decided no photographers mm. or actually we decided it's only the first song. So you got to capture everything in the first song. Yeah. So just learning how to pivot and be flexible and like also just understand that everyone in this industry is a human. So like, don't don't take your anger or frustrations out on them and let them have their moments. If they're having a bad day, walk away from it. Yeah. It's, it's not on you. It makes sense. I mean, I think anytime you're performing for other people or you're providing a service where you're in front of people, mm -hmm. the expectation is that you're going to have this A-level performance every mm -hmm. single time. And I'm sure, you know, like in my profession, I have a similar thing and other people probably have, it's like, you have to be on all the time. Yep. And like a bad, but if somebody's paying for something, they don't want, they don't, want your bad day. They're like, no, I yeah. paid for this. So I want, like, you may have been in these 10 cities. Why do I get the bad performance on the 11th city? I paid yeah. too, you know, it's, it's hard. It's a difficult thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, honestly, you could be sick too. Like right. think about all, all the times that like the, the average person can call in sick to work. Mm -hmm. How do you call in, <laughs> you know, a 20,000 people and tell them like, Hey, I'm not doing this because like I have body aches and I have yeah. the flu and I want to stay home. Like it's hard. So sometimes like you never may never know, but like maybe the musician that's playing that night has a really bad head cold or has yeah. the flu or like, I don't know, dislocated their shoulder. Like there's yeah, so many you know? things that could happen you that you know? would probably not know about. And then like, it comes across as like, oh, they didn't have a really good set that night. Right. And it's just like, we hold them up to these standards that are almost insane at yeah. this point. And that's one thing that I've like really just tried to recognize, especially with working with local bands, you know, you can really, you know, from actually being coordinating with them and communicating with them and like know if they're having a bad day or a tough day or like a family activity or something is going on that's really you know distressing to them and they just have to act like nothing's happening yeah and going on yeah. stage so it, it's really interesting to see that and I just have really gotten to the point where I'm like this is a person let's treat them with empathy and like look at it from how would I want to be treated if I was having a bad day and had to deal with this? Um, and really like, I guess, monitoring my personal attitude and how I'm coming towards this too, to just 
make sure that I bring a little bit of joy and happiness and not an additional annoyance yeah. <laughs> uh, to anyone's bad day. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's a really interesting topic for sure. Most definitely. I got to tell you, this is uh, fascinating. This has all been very fascinating <laughs> to me. Like I said, Love when it. we started, I had no clue where we're going, but uh, it always ends up in the right place. I yes, like, I love that. You know? I love that. Yeah, there's something organic about it. But uh, to wrap up here, I wanted to give you an opportunity to just, you know, put out how people can check out your podcast, your YouTube channel, all the stuff before we roll out of here. You know? Yeah, yeah. So um, I think the only social media that I'm like really active on, I guess, is Instagram. So go mm -hmm. find me at Boston Schultz on Instagram. So that's B-O-S-T-O-N-S-C-H-U-L-Z. Um, on Instagram, I'm also Boston Schultz on YouTube. So if you type in Boston Schultz, you'll find me and find my YouTube videos. I'm trying to put out a lot of content about getting into the music industry and getting started with photography and just some of those generalized tips that you need. Um, and then like we kind of touched on, I do have the podcast, which is more of the interviewing other music photographers getting their advice and kind of like diving deep into the industry and that's called taking over the photo pit and it's on spotify and all of those fun things um so yeah check that one out too fantastic well thank you so much for being on i really appreciate it boston thank you for having me i love uh your podcast i love talking you. to you today and like i was wondering if what are we gonna talk about and i had so much fun i have my iced coffee here and yeah. it was like just such a fun conversation this whole time so thank you i really appreciate it i um love having like conversations just yeah. being happy and diving deep into things so thank you so much for having me and listening to my long rants <laughs> okay you know what i've gotten really good at listening doing these podcasts yes a lot of people chat about things when somebody's passionate and they enjoy what they're doing they're going to mm -hmm. talk a while about it and for me it's an education i'm just trying to listen and learn and hopefully ask something decent <laughs> when, <laughs> love it when is my turn you know love so. it well thank you thank you and uh we'll be in touch thank you so much at Kroger, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Kroger app and save from wherever today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's football time, which turns Sunday and Thursday into the best days of the week. Well, they just got better because now through October, Kino has 30% higher payouts during bonus hours before the football games. Win $500, it becomes $650. The bonus hours are Sunday, 1 to 3 p.m. and Thursday, 6 to 8 p.m. So play Kino online and anywhere Kino is sold and get 30% higher payouts during bonus hours. Sundays, 1 to 3 p.m. and Thursdays, 6 to 8 p.m. Only from the Georgia Lottery. Play responsibly.